Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back to another episode. We got some really cool stuff going on tonight. We're getting a little bit more witchy here. Um, now tonight's a little different. We got a couple of different teas we're going to talk about, and we're going to go right into some really cool magic stuff. So first, Melinda's going to give you a little bit of background on some of the tea that we are drinking tonight. Yes. So tonight I have jasmine tea, which was actually requested by Nickery from Canada. Um, he was actually, he messaged me and said that he was drinking Jasmine tea and was looking up the benefits and, um, and wanted us to talk about it. So I um, love it when we get participation like that. That is so cool. So thank you. Absolutely. And it's really good for diabetes prevention, which was one of the things that he noted. Um, in a study performed in Japan, people who consumed six or more cups of green tea saw a stunning 33% risk reduction of developing type 2 diabetes. And jasmine tea is considered a green tea. Um, I think there's different forms, but this one specifically that I'm looking at. Um, it's also good for better vision, bone health. And um, animal studies for bone health have suggested that green tea can encourage the formation of new bones. And in those animal studies, the bones showed greater mass, volume, and thickness. Seriously? Yeah. This, is for, this is for any green tea. It has these properties as well. Wow. Um, weight loss. Researchers, researchers have found that green tea can help contribute to fat loss by increasing the body's metabolism. Um, heart health. Studies have found that people who regularly consumed at least one cup of green tea a day died at far lower rates from cardiovascular disease than those who consume less than one cup per day. So one and cup of tea. That's yep. it. One cup of tea. That's it. And also it's good for better memory. So in animal studies, again, green tea consumption by mice showed memory law, uh, showed green tea consumption. I think it's cutting off. Let me try to turn it around. Sorry, we're live. Okay, um, others, yeah, that significantly slowed memory loss um, in the mice that consumed green tea. Other studies have also demonstrated that green tea was able to improve spatial cognition and learning ability when consumed regularly. So feed your kids green tea, people. Uh, I did not know that. I, I mean, you hear good properties on drinking tea. It, it does have its properties, but I didn't realize that it had that many. It's also good for oral health, reduces stress and anxiety, boosts the immune system, 
um, because it is Jasmine specifically shifting over to Jasmine tea. Um, it ha is an antioxidant and has anti-inflammatory properties. And it also helps lower the risk of cancer and it helps you sleep better. And if any of you have smelled the jasmine flower, oh, it's very strong and fragrant. It's my husband's favorite flower. He loves jasmine. Jasmine used to grow up, uh, grow around his grandmother's house when he was growing up and his mom's. So it's sentimental to him. Now, the magical properties of jasmine. So some of these were really interesting, I thought. Um it is used for love, meditation, healing, relaxation, prophetic dreams, aura cleansing, money matters, aphrodisiac, and confidence. The element is water, and for planets it has the moon. And it's also good for your crown chakra work. Which I thought, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then there's uh, something that it says, a dry jasmine flower, a uh, dry jasmine flower bud, excuse me, has the appearance of a sperm or seed. While holding your wish for fertility or new growth under a full moon, ignite the bud by fire and toss it into water. I thought that was pretty. Now, I'm not doing that. I'm done with children. <laughs> but for those of you out there, that would like that. I thought that was an interesting one. That and, is interesting because, I mean, when you think about it, you need the confidence with the aphrodisiac. Yes, true. Yeah. And some of the deities associated with Jasmine are Aphrodite, Ishtar, Vishnu and Selene. Jasmine is a sensuous and mystical flower. It can draw spiritual love based on attraction to the soul. Jasmine attracts wealth as well and can be burned or carried to this effect. Also, its smoke is perfect for relaxation or preparing your mind for prophetic rituals, just like we said. Good for charging quartz crystals by putting them into a bowl of jasmine flowers. And it also helps to promote new innovative ideas. And it says you can use sachets or spells to attract a soulmate. Mix with lavender for an incredibly powerful dream pillow. And jasmine oil can also be used in ritual bath to heighten attractiveness and sexual experience. That's really interesting. It's got a lot of magical properties. It does. Well, tonight we're doing tea leaf reading. Um, this is my little teacup. I am, now remember you got to drink loose leaf. The leaves it's have better, to float in the water. It's so, better with loose leaf, yeah, but you can. Yeah. Make sure I don't have any green leaves on my teeth when we're talking, okay? Because I'm trying to do this gracefully. Yeah, do not laugh. Yeah. Um, if all you have is the bag, that's okay. You can still steep the bag for a few minutes and then just cut it open. You want to leave a little bit of water in there and swish it around and ask your question, put your energy in there. But it does typically work better with loose leaf just because it's not super fine. Um, 
and you're getting like the chunks of sometimes for divinatory purposes, the loose leaf works better. Yes. And if you like to chew your tea, it, <laughs> I am, <laughs> I, the only loose leaf tea I have now, I used to have a lot of loose leaf teas, but I moved and I did my house cleaning. So I got rid of a lot of them. So I have, um, this is double milk oolong tea loose. So what I did was I put it in my little cup and with my little teapot because I had my little teapot and um, under Melinda's direction, I'm trying to swallow this without drinking half the leaves with me. There's a ton of leaves in here. So this is going to be interesting. Now, oolong is actually, it's an interesting, it's not considered a white tea. It's usually considered by itself for magical purposes. We're just talking magic on this side. Um, the energy is feminine. The element is water. Now, I love this. The planets are Mars and the moon. Did anybody mm -hmm. ever read that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? Yes. So even though it's feminine, the planet is Mars, the war planet. So right. that is, you know. The season is autumn. The crystal is amethyst. And the color is purple and dark blue. Mm -hmm. So the magical purposes are love, serenity, reflection, divination, fortune telling, which goes in what we're doing tonight, and emotional balance. Now, it has a very simple love spell or an attraction spell, I should say. Um, you hold the bag before putting it in the water. If you have it, if it's the leaves, you have it in your little thing yes. and you visualize romantic energy in your life imagine your perfect partner think of as many details as you can intensely now you're not thinking of a person no 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 because that's called binding we don't do that but you're thinking of the qualities you want someone like me i need someone with a good sense of humor it's the only way to deal with me exactly i need someone who is mature but is also silly like me and will go out and dance in the rain so there are certain qualities that we all look for in our partner um, right. and that's what it wants you to do just imagine those qualities very intensely like what is um, and we used to do this when we were kids in school you write down you know what you're looking for in a man blonde hair blue eyes you know whatever um, so what you're doing now as a mature adult you're writing down the qualities and qualities are something that's unique to that person. So you're going to look for these qualities. You're not thinking of a name. You're not thinking of a face. You're not thinking of anything but the qualities that you admire in a person. Exactly. And um, then um, think of as many details as you can intently. If you need to write them down, you can. Then drink your tea as usual. Do not imagine, and it says right here, do not imagine a person you know as this is a form of, and they're saying black magic, but it says never force someone into loving you. Mm, you know. Now, yes. what I thought was interesting is after that, they had a whole list of different ads that you can add to your tea to give it um, more magical qualities. Like uh, chamomile is healing abundance receptive energy. Rose hips is healing and good luck, that kind of thing. So even if you have a mix of tea, you can always add to that the correspondences that you're looking for. So this is already, if I was using this for psychic, we'll say divination, um, I might put some blue lotus petals in it. 
or right. add something like that. Now, um, I am almost finished, so you told me uh, we're going to put it in another, the, the water. Yeah. And you want me to take out as much as I can? Yeah, so you take out, you drain out as much water, or during a reading, you would typically drink it. If you're reading for yourself, yeah, you're I gonna only have a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying what what the process is. So, do I need to take some of that out? <laughs> yeah, it's usually it's supposed to be a pinch of a pinch. You don't make tea with a pinch. If All it's right. leaf leaf, they do, you just pinch it. You know, she tells me this after I make this and suffer sucking this stuff down. Um, okay. Um, so what you would what you would generally do if you're doing a reading for yourself, you would be the one. Okay, I did. Setting the, okay, setting the intention. There you go. Setting the intention and asking the question. And if you're reading for someone else, you would have them drinking the tea and setting the intention and asking and then you have you drain or you drink out the tea you leave just a tiny bit of water left so that you can swirl it around while you ask your question or put your energy and then it will look somewhat like that um that pam is holding up and then what you do is you look really deeply it's almost like scrying in my opinion so you look at the very details, you turn the cup, you look and see what images appear to you. Like right now. I see bats. Okay. Like right now, that if you turn it a little bit, no, the other way. Okay. To me, I see a man's face on the right hand, on the top right hand side. It almost looks like an old Edgar Allan Poe. Like I can oh, see really? like hair and eyes and a uh, nose. You're right. Almost like a Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Yes. You see it? Up here. Yep. The Do you hair, see it? The eyes. There's a nose. Yes. Yep. And like the mustache. Right. And if you look below that, that looks a little bit like a bat. It does. It does. Bats are my totem animal. So yes. that, this is kind of cool. So, Isn't that cool? See? What, and that's how it works. And then you can turn it and see like what else you see. And if there's tea leaves that wind up on the side, totally yeah. okay. It's part of the reading. So if I turn it this way, what do you see? That looks like a woman laughing to me. <gasps> cool. I see her hair at the top. If you yeah. turn it back around, I see it looks like her hair at the top. And then I can see her eye and it just looks like lips. Yes, it does. And like her body is at the bottom of the cup. Okay, let's we that upside down is a woman, right side it. up is a man. On the side doesn't look like is I still see the man. Yeah, he's just laying I down. I see the hair up here. Yeah. So it's like he's laying sideways. Yeah, and like he's tilted up so you can see like the side. Turn it the other way. I think you had more like yeah. That. Yeah, and see what that might look like to you. It looks like a witch's broom. Yeah. It does. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like a telescope. Yeah, a telescope, which is firm. Yeah. So that's really how you do it. And there's different books out. So depending on how you want to read it, of course, to each his own, if you want to do it intuitively, like what does a telescope mean to you? What does Charlie Chaplin or Edgar Allan Poe mean? You know, what does that feel like to you? I lived in Baltimore for over 
I'm going to say about 50 years. Edgar Allan Poe is buried in Baltimore. Um, mm -hmm. I did the Poe walk. Um, I, the Telltale Heart. I read all of Poe. Uh, of course, you go to school in Baltimore, you're going to read Poe. Right. You just have to. It's part of your curriculum. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting um, that we saw what we saw because I'll tell Melinda off camera what I was looking for. So maybe we'll let y'all in next week, but I'm not going to tell everybody in the world right now because it'd be too scary. But that was really, I mean, it's funny how when we turned it, we got the lady and when yeah. we turned it this way. And of course she's laughing. So right. that's kind of me. And then, but also, and then what do you know of Edgar Allan Poe? He was like dark and depressed and you know, all this. So it's almost like yin and yang and balance. It really is. And Poe, does mean a lot to me since Baltimore is actually my adopted home. I was right. there for so long. So Poe is very Baltimore and that's kind yes. of me. And I still have the accent. So, but that was kind of neat. I mean, I like that. Yeah. Um, and I did drink almost all of it. What was in the cup was mainly. Yeah. Just more of that. I will learn. So, and I also wanted to share this for the audience. So this is, sort of another example that I found. So, and this is what it can look like as well. And it'll give different examples. Like this is, you know, palm trees and there's an ax right there and, you know, different things. And certain books have, you can find books that have like lists of symbols. Of course you can find them online. It's similar to tarot where certain things will stand, you know, certain symbols will stand for certain things, but it certainly is up to interpretation, of course. But for example, like it has it here in the article, what the different symbols are. So one of the things was a palm tree, which is a good omen, success in any undertaking, single people learn of marriage. Another one was an anchor, which is a lucky symbol, success in business or in love. If it's blurred or indistinct, it's just the reverse. Um, triangles unexpected good fortune so there's a lot of different things and i also found a list of a few others and another thing i wanted to point out there you can buy now cups that have like this is a zodiac version but you can buy them like this now and they even have them with the symbols in the cup now when you're doing a tea leaf reading you cannot use a mug because it has nowhere is flat sides so you want to use your like fancy yeah you can do that or like the you know the saucers the cup and saucers anything that's more open like this is going to be you know sort of wide okay i'm going to ask you is that maybe why the chinese this is part of a set is that maybe why they're made like this so for the tea Possibly. Possibly. And I'm actually going to get in the history in just a moment. But here's another example that has the symbols on it. So, I mean, it's really interesting. And there's all sorts of books and things, like I said, that you could look for. Um, now, going into... Oh, and I was just going to talk about some of the symbolism, like, and you can, of course, go yeah, on Pinterest or wherever, but, you know, there's all these symbols. There's many, many, um, 
you know, like if you see a horseshoe, of course, that's good luck. You might see, you know. It sounds some... like it's almost like dream divination where, you yeah, know, if you dream something, it means this, you know. It's very similar to that. And like I said, to me, it's more in. I mean, I'll see what I see, but then how does it make me feel? It's more intuitive, like I do my tarot readings. So um, it's really interesting. And so just to talk about some of the information and the history. So tea leaf reading is also known as tassiography. Um, okay. Tassi is, is the French word. Let me see. I'm sorry. I'm trying something new, you guys. I'm... I'm going off of my iPad only this time instead of all of my, all of my papers. Okay. So I have like five things open. Sorry. Yeah. So it's um, derived from like, it's a French and a Greek word. And basically it's, it's divination, tea divination. And some people would also do, instead of tea leaves, they would do coffee grinds or they would do um, wine sediments. So anything that's going to be part that you can drink, but you can sort of have that left over. Now for the coffee grinds, that would have to be the old perk cups. Right. The old perk pots that... You would yeah. park in, in, and the grounds always ended up in your coffee cups. So yeah, and I'll show you an example actually. Oh, and I found it. So the terms um, tassiography or tassiomancy, tassiology, it's a divination or fortune telling method that interprets patterns in tea leaves, coffee grounds, or wine sediments. The terms derive from the French word tassi, meaning cup which in turn derives from the Arabic loan word into French tassa, and then the Greek suffix, of course, graph writing, ology is the study of, or mancy is divination. So tassiomancy followed the trade routes of tea and coffee and was practiced by uh, the Romani people. Um, Western tassiography, yeah, Western tassiography can be linked to medieval European fortune tellers who developed their readings from splatters of wax, lead, and other molten substances. So even before the tea leaf, they were still doing similar things, you know, with those type of. Um, That's interesting that they would include all of that into tea leaf reading. Yes. And, um, again, there's for the, the symbol, the cups with the symbols and the Zodiac, those are going to be fortune telling cups is what you'll look up and find. Wow. But, um, many people prefer a simple white cup for tea leaf reading. There are also traditions concerning the positional placement of the leaves in the cup. And some find it easier to work with already marked cups, um, beginning in the late 19th century and continuing to the present. English and American potteries have produced specially decorated cup and saucer sets for the use of tea leaf readers. Um, and like I said, there's also coffee reading. But what I wanted to touch on was a little bit of the history here. And so it's said to have its origins in Asia, the Middle East, and ancient Greece, with Middle Eastern cultures typically using coffee. 
However, modern tea leaf reading began in the 17th century when tea was introduced from China to Europe. And then it says, although loose leaf tea, tea was initially a product for the upper class, once it became more readily available, rituals surrounding tea, like tea leaf reading, um, emerged. Tea leaf reading was thought to have developed because life was often discussed over a cup of tea. So I thought that was interesting. That's kind of like uh, when we were kids, all the neighborhood women would get together with their coffee. My father used to call it the, the hen house. They would all yeah. gather and drink their coffee and talk about a exactly. coffee session, basically. Yes, exactly. That's and then it's the... Yeah, people realized that they could see their discussions reflected in their tea leaves, much like finding shapes and clouds in the sky. Um, the Romani people continued to spread tea leaf readings throughout Europe, even going door to door to offer tea leaf reading services. By the mid-1800s, the Romani were regularly incorporated into European tea culture, with tea parlors and tea rooms, inviting them in to offer tea leaf readings to guests. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then in, in the U.S., tea parlors opened in the 1800s, with tea becoming more and more popular over the years. After World War I, women in the U.S. even began opening their own tea parlors. They would serve light snacks, offering to read tea leaves after drinking to further increase the experience of community. From this, the art of tea leaf reading was often passed down between women from generation to generation. Although there is thought to be a level of clairvoyance involved in tea leaf reading, it is something you can do at home. Um, and then it says, typically the tea, tea leaf reading is done with black loose leaf tea drunk out of a light colored cup in order to see the tea leaves more clearly. And the person having their fortune read is often asked to think of a question that they would like answered as they drink the tea. And we went, we went over about, um, over that. And um, tea leaves are usually interpreted by reading from the rim inwards with the events near the outside thought to depict what is going to happen first and symbols near the center of the mug showing what is going to happen in the distant future. So that's another way. Yeah, so that's another way you can do it. And then... Um, you know, it's interesting. They're stuck on there now because it, it's dried pretty much. Yeah. It's really interesting when you look at it because I'm seeing all sorts of things in it. It's interesting. Is, does this look like an anchor or like a rosebud? I was just looking at that. It looked, to me, it looks like one of those fairy mushrooms. Mm, the angle that I'm looking at. My tea. Now, that might be tea I would drink. Right? <laughs> like, I know. I have never done this before. This is my first time, guys. So this was yeah. fun for me. I yeah. mean, it, it was kind of cool. Um, it is cool. I didn't put anything in this except water and tea. I didn't add any honey or anything to make it stick or anything like that. So that's why I was grimacing while I was drinking it. It, And if you leave too much water in there, you'll know and just take a little bit more. And you just want to have just a tiny bit, just enough for it to swirl the bottom of the, 
and then it'll yeah and but then that's it'll pretty cool i mean they're dried in there pretty good now so you can actually see it to me i swear this looks like a witch on a broom and there's like bats or something following her oh yeah i do i do i do see that now um, especially with the thing behind you know behind that's kind of neat so this is my first time so i think it's pretty cool I've never done this before. I, I keep looking at the cup because it's just fascinating to me. It is cool. It is like looking at the clouds and seeing, you know, shapes in the clouds. But yeah, that is, and it's like, this would be a great thing to do with kids. I know, I know. Yeah. And they got better imaginations than we've got. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, and like I said, the analogy of looking at the shapes of the clouds really helps you, but you see how easy your first time you have zero experience. I'm just talking you through it and you see, you know, I saw all these things in it and it's, it's interesting. It's so I will meet an Edgar Allan Poe. I will laugh and I'm a witch on a broom. So, Hey okay, guys, can you get any better than that? Okay. And you're going to be looking at the stars through a telescope. Stars through the telescope. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing shrooms because there's yeah. my broom right there. So, well, the shrooms are why you're riding on the broom. So there you go. See, it's propelling it you. Eyes in. I mean, it this is really cool. I've never done this before. I've heard of it. I've seen it in movies, like everybody else. You know, right. the, the tea, you know, of course, the Romani are great actresses when they do it. They put a lot of, it's you know, the typical gypsy, gypsy reader. Yeah kind of thing you know they they do it but this is really interesting um oh i really i think it's pretty awesome myself and also if you want to um get some more like just a few more tidbits here so there's a book called reading tea leaves by a highland seer and it's said to be the oldest book on the subject in english Written in the 18th century, it offered sets of symbols to interpret tea leaf patterns. The book talks about generations of Scottish spaywives, which is derived from the Norse spa, meaning prophecy, peering into their teacups to tell things of things to come. British historian Alec Gill, who was documented, who has documented superstitions in Hull, and I think that's in Canada, I'm not sure. Um, and the north, oh, and northeast of England, sorry, writes that in the early 1800s, a lady of the manor tossed the cups after breakfast and read fortunes for her servants. Gill also remembers his own experience tossing the cup involved spinning it anti clockwise in the left hand three times. With the dregs swirling around, the dregs were flicked upside down on, into a saucer. So, this is another way you can do it thus getting rid of the remaining liquid. The fortune teller, usually a local wise woman in the village or terrace, then set about divining what the talking tea leaves had to say. As a young boy in the 1950s, I remember my mother having done this by our regular, I'm um, having this done by our regular dressmaker when we called to collect some items. Um, the Victorian era is when tea leaf reading really had its heyday. Victorians were fascinated not only by the occult, but by the idea of self-analysis brought on by the work of Sigmund Freud and Joseph Brewer during this time. But also and then it, yep. And then it talks um, more about how the, the pottery business really came into play. Um, 
When the tea bag was invented around 1908, the popularity of tassiomancy began to dwindle. Tea leaf bags get sludgy. So that's what we're kind of saying. The tea bags kind of, you could cut it open, but it's not the same. Um, but loose leaf tea is making a comeback, not only for drinking, but in tea leaf reading too. Um, so that was interesting, I thought. And this was also just going back a little bit further. When tea first made its way into Britain from China in the mid 17th century, it was an um, aristocratic beverage. But as trade fueled falling uh, fueled falling prices, the general population began drinking it. Already culturally superstitious, lower classes were quick to use tea leaves instead of some of their cumbersome and often dangerous methods of divination. And like we talked about earlier, um, the use of molten metal, hot wax, and even entrails of animals. Oh, just what I want to read before I sit down to dinner. I know. So yay tea leaves. So we don't have to read, you know, animal. Yeah. (laughs) That would be just the thing to do right before you sit down. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, the first time we, we got some, I wasn't sure we were going to get anything, to be really honest with you. I've seen this done like everybody else in the movies. Right. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get some kind of, and of course, Harry Potter comes to mind. I'm sorry. You know, when she looks in the tea leaves and, oh, you know, yeah. oh, I was I afraid know. you were going to do that because I was very cautious showing you what I had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, and also just a few things to go over. So when you're doing the tea leaf, and Pam will tell you, anytime you do a ritual, you w- really want to make you make sure you cleanse your space and that you're clearing the energy. Um, there's also, now, usually they want you to swirl the cup counterclockwise. Um, I personally have never seen a difference. It's done the same either way. Um So some things that you want to try to do or remember to do some good tips before you start the process of the ritual is to try to clear your mind of any thoughts. Trust your first impressions, just like we talked about last week with the tarot. When you're doing things with intuition, it's the first thing that comes to your mind. Even if the querent doesn't, you know, thinks it's crap, it's coming to you for a reason. Um, Do not second guess yourself. Let the process guide you. Do not rush the process. Let it come naturally. Um, calmly examine the shapes of the tea leaves and how it's distributed. Do not try to force an answer. Observe the tea leaves in depth and let the answer naturally appear to you. When I first started doing the tea leaf readings, I was a little frustrated because I'm like, well, I'm not really seeing anything. And that's why I said earlier, in my opinion, tea leaf is... Like in this case, it didn't take us that long to really see something, but sometimes it can. So in that, in those cases, it's kind of like scrying because you really have to really look and really hone in for it to pop. Um, Do not read leaves in a time bound manner. So make sure that you're, you know, leaving yourself some time. If you do something like a, a reading for someone else and you have an appointment, just give yourself extra time because you will have those times where they're a little bit harder to read. Um, and then it talks a little bit about the ritual and preparation. It has, um, it also says the symbols in the cup and it talked about it a little bit earlier, but this goes into a little bit more detail. 
The symbols in the cup which appear near the handle stand a greater chance to be fulfilled. The rim of the cup denotes the present. The side indicates the medium term and the bottom indicates the distant future. Um, so it's so I think, kind of like you read in towards, you go from the outside in kind of thing. Yeah. Start here and then work your way in. Okay. You can, you can, or like how I just did like, to me, I just did like a general reading of what all the different things yeah, were. But I want to show everybody again, this was pretty cool. It was different. Um, now, I don't know if your books say anything, but I mean, I didn't make this as though I was going to drink it. Seriously. I mean, I heated my water, I poured it in, I steeped it, but I didn't put any sugar or any honey or any other flavorings or anything else in it except for the oolong. So does it make a difference? Like if I put honey in it or I guess the leaves are going to hit differently. It may. There's not a whole lot. When I was doing the research, there wasn't a whole lot that talked about that. Typically, if you can, you just want to do the... the like I did. The right. But as long as it's dissolving, it really shouldn't be an issue. Now, um, I saw where they did... I can do this now. It's dry. Where they did do this and they twisted it and then it was... Well, there's like a couple fell out. Yeah. You know, two little black things. But... Um, they did do that and they read it, but yes, you can do that too. So you can either do the, the swirl cup method or you could do where you drink the tea and then you're dumping it on the saucer. Um, because again, you're only wanting to use a pinch if you, and there's no, what I did. yeah, but no, there's no harm if you've done it, if you've done too much to, you know, <laughs> don't. Out. Don't pay attention to what you're taking with, but just take something away and then examine it after that. Yeah, well, that's what we did. We there was only a little yeah, bit of and that's fluid what left. we did tonight, and look what we got. Yeah, I was surprised that um, it came together really quick. Mm -hmm. Like we immediately looked in and, and saw things, you know. And once you point it yeah. out, then you start seeing all sorts of stuff in there. That's really interesting. So it is a big deal in England and over in the UK and. Touched yes. on my Scottish side there for a second. Um, it's it's really interesting. Now, you would think the way the English deal with their tea, that they've been drinking tea since the beginning of time. Right. So that was interesting to me to find out that they've only been drinking tea since the 1700s. That's not that long. Yeah, I know. Seven. Well, 17th century, so 1600. Yeah, when it came from China. I know. I know. You know, I thought they were drinking tea from day one, you know, we're in England. They have, you know, they have, we're drinking tea. Right. They have tea time, but it's really, so what they're not telling us is that they're really doing um, tea leaf readings every day <laughs> and eating their, their biscuits and their. <laughs> well, I do know that um, certain people do not do tea bags. It's like, no. Don't no, ever no. use a tea bag. You use well, especially now with the tea balls and you everything. Have all the tea I got to get that one tea ball. Oh my God. <laughs> it was disgusting, but it's adorable. It was disgusting. I don't know if I could bring myself to. I probably. I yeah, I could. Me in a heartbeat. I take it to work and use it. I'm talking about me. Ah, uh, me. 
Um, but I do know that with the ball, yeah, we'll eventually buy it. So you guys will see eventually. I don't know if we can put it on air. Can't we? Oh, sure we can. Um, oops. We can. <laughs> we'll find out afterwards when I get yelled at. Um, but a lot of like teapots like this one have that metal mesh that go in it yes. for the loose tea. Um, I used to drink a lot of loose tea that way because I had, I have a lot of the little, um, mesh balls and mm -hmm. I have a couple of little teapots and they all have the inserts in them so that it, it keeps out most of the, the chewable part of the tea. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, but that's another thing you can do. You can use, get a pinch of the, get a pinch of the loose leaf and the tea ball, let it steep. And then when you dump out some of your water or drink some of your tea and then dump it in the little, you know, leave that tiny bit of water and then swirl it or dump it in the saucer. You can yeah. do it that way. Um, I will let you know that if you're going to do it, since I, I literally did it here, I started my tea before we started the show because I wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, you do need to let it settle. Once you pour the water in on the, the loose tea, it all floats to the top. And I was trying to drink it with it floated to the top. Okay, let me tell you, it's like trying to drink a swamp. It was pretty funny before we started. <laughs> I'm glad we did. I feel like I got tea leaves all over my teeth. But yeah. it was trying to drink it. And I'm like, man, I need to put a strainer over top of this so I could actually get liquid out of it. But um, I like the idea of doing the, in the ball and then opening the ball and dumping it in and swirling it around. Because seriously, that was some serious chewing I was doing. I was starting to feel like a vegan, you know. You, you uh, started feeling like you're back on the farm. Yeah, I'm chomping on the hay. Um, right. But I guess, you know, you can buy... I thought there's a, a lot of different markets out there for tea. Um, there is. For me, it needs to be organic if I'm going to buy it just because and it's ne it needs to be harvested and correctly. Have, yeah. And they and now, like I said, with the tea, the loose leaf teas coming back and, you know, it's becoming more popular. So a lot more easier. You can go into so many, like even grocery stores. And right. they'll have the loose leaf tea now. And there are different ones on the internet. I used to order my teas because they had blends that I couldn't find anywhere else that were like, um, one of yes. them was uh, like a creamsicle. There was, was one from... Creamy. Oh my gosh, it was so good. There was one from Tivana. I'll never forget. It was like in the mall. Mm -hmm. And it was something like pineapple, something. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And it was like a, I think it was a green tea, like a oolong. Oh, it was so yummy. I used to like it from, it's called um, the Tea Spot. Mm -hmm. And they were organic. And the woman who started it had cancer um, and drank enough tea that it helped her get through. Uh, it's not a cure. Let me preface no, that. Yeah. It is not a cure. But the antioxidants and all the good stuff that was in it helped her body get through what she had to go through. And right. her teas are all organic and they're all, you know, reasonably harvested. You know, there's a lot to, to go with that. So right. um, the best thing I would say, um, just start drinking tea. Mm -hmm. um, there's like a lot out there. And also like coffee is a thing. So you can look up more about the coffee too, because I don't know about wine sediments. Wine sediments occur, and I used to make wine and honey mead, so I know a lot about it. That is at the end when when you make right. 
when you have this uh, a, a thing it's 35 bottles between 32 and 35 bottles because it's five gallons is usually what right. you make and the very end because you you put all this stuff in there and it ferments mm -hmm. then you put it to another bottle and then you go back again and then you fill up your bottles there is the last i don't know i would say the last two or three bottles you really mm -hmm. got to be careful not to get the sediment in that's the dregs and that's ah. what you really don't want because that's the stuff it's going to be very very harsh it's going to be a bitter and it's not that's usually if you use cooking sherry mm -hmm. that's usually what it was it's the dregs okay okay so it's well, not now that. you can now you can save them for your divination <laughs> but i know when i used to make it there would be always some it's you can never find that in wine that you purchase because right. it has to be pasteurized and all that stuff so if you make your own it's the last little bit that's in the bottom of your big five gallon drum that you're dipping out of but when you get close to it the last three or four bottles that you bottle are going to mm -hmm. have sediment in it you can't help it and when they sit you'll see the sediment sit at the bottom and mm. my kids well when they were older obviously you know they pop a bottle of the especially the honey mead my son was like i'm chewing your mead again mother because <laughs> he would always it never failed i always put those bottles on the bottom because mm -hmm. they were sediment and it's a stronger taste so right. if you're not good with the wine that you're drinking a stronger taste is not going to help you so a lot of times i would put cheesecloth over top of the bottle and pour it out so you wouldn't end up with you know the sediment in it but now mm. i know what to do with that sediment but of course it's like you know you can make ice cubes out of wine leftover yeah. wine i never knew that because i never had any leftover wine so <laughs> i never knew you could do something with leftover wine yeah oh that's funny open a uh, bottle you have to drink the bottle that was right but so, like I said, if there's any sort of grinds or anything, I mean, you can pretty much do the tea leaf reading. So I thought that was really interesting. And I'm glad I like that we. The, I like the coffee aspect, too, um, with the K-cups and all. You really can't do it. But the old perk um, coffee pots, you always, especially towards the end of the pot, you always had those little bit of grinds, even on a, um, a filter, like a Mr. Coffee with the filter in it. Mm -hmm. You still end up, but the K cups are really good about not having any of that in because of the way it's processed. Right, exactly. You, you have to go back to the old filter or to the one you put on the stove, and you know you perk it through. Yeah, how old I am. But I'm glad we talked about tea leaf reading, and you guys got a treat because Pam did her very first one, unedited, not. Uh, yeah, it wasn't scripted at all, except for the little yeah. bit that you didn't see before we started the show when I was getting the tea leaves out of my teeth. Um, that, that was yeah. not for consumption, trust me. Um, was... But yeah, give it a try. I mean, this would be something great to do with the kids. Uh, yeah. A rainy day or something, and it's, you know, have yeah, a little bit of tea and crackers and then do the readings. I mean, the kids would get a heck of a kick out of that. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad we talked about the tea leaf reading cause that was fun. And we did have a winner. We do have a winner we have a winner for last week's giveaway, which if you didn't, if you weren't with us or couldn't tune in last week's keyword was tarot because that was the theme of the show. <laughs> and we do have 
um, LJ Davis from Texas that won. Oh, Texas. Yes. So you will be getting a tea time mug shipped to you. Congratulations. That's um, yeah. And you guys, all you have to do to join the giveaway is just go to the YouTube channel, Tea Time with Mother and Crone, Time, T H Y M E, like the herb, and just subscribe and then click the little bell button so you get notifications and you get a perk. Because you can watch us live on Wednesday or Thursday nights, depending on our schedule that week. Um, while we're doing it right now on YouTube, before everyone else gets to see it on Sunday on Facebook. So it's kind of like a sneak peek. And so. don't forget, this week's word is? Tea leaves. There you go. That's a two word. Two tea leaves. Yeah. So remember that for next week. It's tea leaves. So get on there right now. Type it in really fast, and if we yeah. have more than one person, then we will always, as usual, make sure. And a special shout-out to Reverend Laurie Denman, because um, we're going to be hand-delivering your mug to you. Yay. So you will get to see your mug in person with me <laughs> as I come down again. But yes. um, try the tea leaf reading. You know, try some of this stuff, like the gentleman that offered – the jasmine tea that was interesting i didn't know all that about jasmine tea um, i know and so i thought that was really interesting and also really quickly so in order to send what you need to do is email us the keyword of the week to teatimemc at gmail.com again t-h-y-m-e um, and then just send the keyword you can include your mailing address if you'd like or you can wait until we tell you that you're the winner um, and we will always announce it first, and then we'll send you a little email in case you don't catch it, so you know. But um, but yeah, tea leaves, tea leaves, and we will, and we always announce the winner on the next week's show. So, and like Pam said, if there's more than one person, then we put it in a little spinny wheel to randomly draw. So, so don't forget that's something cool to do too. So our next little thing that we're going to talk about is runes now. Runes are interesting. Um, they're Germanic. Let's get that out there right now. So please forgive us for all the mispronunciations I'm going to have. German is not one of my languages that I speak, so I am terrible at it. Norman, um, and that's my ancestry, but 1 through 20 is all I got. Yeah, I, you know. That's all, I, that's all I could retain from what my Oma taught me. I just, I'm like, okay, Oma, 1 through 20, I got that. Go ahead. There, and it's... It, Germanic language is a guttural language like Hebrew and Gaelic. So it's a little different if you're used to the Latin languages. So um, please forgive us for all of our mispronunciations to start with. There are many books on this subject, but I guess kind of the basic book is this one. This, yeah, this is the one that's been around for a while. My copies, I always tell her I feel so bad when I show my books because they're all beat up, but I use them. That so. It's been loved, right? And they are very much loved. This book, um, oh my gosh, this is an older book. My pages are actually yellow in this book, my edges. Mm -hmm. um, this is a Llewellyn publication. This is 1961. Nice. Okay, copyright. So it's been around for a while. It is not the most um, detailed book. It doesn't go in, but it's the most readable book, and it puts it simply. Yes. Um, so it gives you a little bit 
to go on, especially if you're just learning. Now, runes can come in all different things. If you notice on the front, um, they're little wood circles, like you take a limb and chop it up and then you wood burn it. Um, that is one form of runes. Um, I know when I used to have my temple, we used to do crafts in my temple. Crafts to me are an easy way to learn anything because if you're doing it with your hands, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're touching it. Those are the three ways you learn. And you learn, if you're doing one thing, three ways, you're going to pick up something usually. Right. Usually. I say that usually. Mm -hmm. um, you can purchase your runes. Um, making any magical um, source is better if you can make yeah. it yourself because you imbue it with all of your energy and your magic. Um, I have, my favorite ones are my Apache Tears. Apache Tears is a type of rock. It's a black rock. And they have put the runes, I'm trying to get it where this, my light doesn't catch it. And they are on here. Now, if you want to do something, oh, of course, I pick up the blank one. Duh. Um, I just looked it up. That was the first one that I saw. Um, Look at that. There you That's go. The first Open and up to what I had that I'm, I'm sitting here turning it and turning it and turning it. And it's like, there's nothing on it. Um, if you want, I used to, like I said, I love to make, and I had um, some children in my group back in the day. So we would make ours. So you can purchase flat river rocks, or you can go out and find them. Um, if you find rocks that are somewhat about, the same size, you know, and a little flat. And the reason I say flat is it makes them so much easier to write on. Yeah. What you're going to do, the, the easiest way to do these is you buy nail polish. You buy a color that's going to show up on your rock. So you're not going to want red. If you can get a white or um, an orange or a neon color, you're going to get a very thin brush, like an eyeliner brush, very, very thin, so that you can put the symbol on it. And then you're going to take your clear and you're going to cover it with your clear. And what that clear does is it doesn't let the other chip off so much, so quickly. Right. Clear is a is a really good cover for it. Um, you pick them up, and you put them in your little thing. Now, this is a great thing to do with children because it is a craft. Um, they're learning as they write the, the letters, and this book has excellent pictures for the letters. Um, let me see if I can find a page with that. There we go. And, oops, those are the reads. Okay, let's find something better than, here we go. It has beautiful illustrations that are very clear. So even yes. a small child can look at this and be able to do this on one of their little stones. So the object is you take them out, you go for a walk, you find your flat stones. Now, if you get light colored stones, then you can use darker nail polish. So you right. want to get the contrast and you pick up your stones, you pick up however many you're going to make. Now, if you're going to make a whole set of runes, you got to remember how many runes there are. Right. So you want to go through your book, make sure you have enough runes, enough rocks, and then you're going to sit down with the kids after you go and pick up the rocks. And I mean, picking up the rocks and deciding what rocks you're going to use, what ones you're not going to use, what you're going to toss. I mean, you can use all sorts of things. If you don't have that, you can actually use popsicle sticks. In the front, she has popsicle sticks, if you want to use those. Again, the circle, which is if you, you know, get wood and can chop it up and to make, you know, little circles. Um, stones, or you can actually just make them out of paper. 
Yeah. But this gives you, I like crafts better. So going out into the nature, picking up the rocks. Now you put so much energy into that. So you're taking all of this with you. And then well, and you. Also, yeah. And also when you're going out and you're walking around in nature and you find the rocks, it's, you know, similar to if you go into a metaphysical shop and you look at crystal, you, what calls to you. So that putting your energy in it and things like that, it makes it more special and, and honestly more powerful, more powerful. And it also makes it a family time activity. Now you're trying to teach yeah. your children your spiritual path. And the easiest way to do that is to teach it on their level. So if you're making a craft and they're making runes for divination purposes, then you let them start divining with them. So what yep. better way than to go out, have a, a nice little walk in nature, pick up your rocks that you're going to use, your stones. Riverbeds usually have flat rocks if you have a little crick or something. Um, a lot of driveways, like I have a gravel driveway in Florida and all my rocks are pretty smooth. Or, you know, uh, if you have to, you can go to Michael's or um, Hobby Lobby or any one of the um, craft stores and pick up, you know, bag of river rocks. Right. And you've got your rocks. I like to go out into nature and get them just because it just, it means so much more because you're picking out the ones you want. Right. And I feel nature, this way. I did that with the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, nature's providing it. Um, yeah. You can turn this into a two time craft where you go out and you pick up the rocks. And then when you have a rainy day or a day where the kids can't go out or they're absolutely driving you crazy, which is 90% of the time, you can sit down with this craft and give them something to do. And yeah. you're not just having a craft, you're teaching your spiritual life. So, yes. I mean, that's a big thing. So you're, honestly, you're doing that. Yeah. And honestly, these runes that you see in these books, they traditionally go off of the Elder Futhark alphabet, which is like a Norse Scandinavian alphabet. And honestly, it's not hard for children to learn. I, I taught myself the Elder Futhark alphabet and when I was a teenager or preteen or both, I wrote in my diary an Elder Futhark so they that no one else. You, if you're going to write a spell, to write it in another language or another alphabet than the one you're familiar with. And that makes sense because how many times do you see in a horror movie where everything is in Latin? Exactly. And what that does is, and this is true. You have to focus and concentrate. Even if you use Theban, you are still focusing and concentrating on getting that letter, the one letter, correct. If you're yeah. doing a word, you focused on each letter that you have written down. You put energy into each letter. It's not like you're writing. You're actually focusing. Yeah, and I still, it's sort of like automatic writing. And, um, for those of you that have never done or experienced that, we'll talk about that in a later show. But, um, yeah, it's not really hard at all for the elder. And, you know, Theban, I still, that's a bit more yeah. complex. That, that is a complex one. I'm, I've am i used Theban more so than I've similar. used They're yeah. so similar. And that's what makes you have to concentrate because you have to remember what letter you're using, how many humps and how many loops right. you got and that's why I'm like, my, my ass would be like, was it one loops or two or one humps or two? Humps? Yeah. I can it never, makes it tougher. I can never, I'm I'll not really 
good I'm at guessing it. myself and I'm like, nope, can't do it. But if you get a book, I like I said, I recommend this one only because it's been around for a very long time. Yes. It's a primer. I mean, if you really want to get into it, there are hundreds of books. I will tell you and that you now. Know, I think my stepmom even got this for me. But this was like in a thrift store. But I mean, like, they're all over, like, fortune telling by runes. Right. And, you know, I mean, they're... I mean, you can go online on Amazon, look well, at the reviews, you know, there the are people out there. About this one, it has the alphabet in the back and how it translates yes. the correspondence. Yes. It's yes. very simply written. And I really like the fact that um, when I would teach, this is the book I would use because it was, it actually even shows you how to make your pouch in here. And then it also shows you bind runes, which it goes into more about bind runes and how, you know, prosperity or protect possessions or you know good luck so it has a lot of really good yeah oh my gosh memories that is what my diary looks like yeah It'll and it also has the different just like tarot you pull runes and you mm -hmm. can pull the rune and they have the lays that you can do so i mean this book this is your primer this is your beginning book not only that, but if you go even further past the alphabet, it has like easy rune preference uh, references. So this is like victory health. It gives you the different symbols, all the different symbols. Then it goes into colors and the different color meanings, which is not even related to the rune itself, unless you make the runes the different colors. But it also talks about the four quarters, what elements. I mean, it goes into some pretty good... It has the days of the week and what the god and goddess is. Of course, in this case, they would be Norse pantheon um, and what they work for. And they if all I want to go further, it's going to give you a list of books to read in the back. Yes, it's really, it's really a great beginner's book. It even goes over magical properties of the trees, which is, if you know Norse and Celtic, that's the thing. And of course, um, they're from Odin. Yes, they are. So this is Odin's gift to us. Mm -hmm. um, I I find them fascinating. I am not. I I've done divination with them. I will tell you, I'm still like a beginner level one. Um, I'm not I'm much with it. But what I do is when I teach it, we all make runes. Yes, and that's part of how I teach runes is that you will sit there and you will make runes because you are focused on each rune at that time and it makes so much more sense to you because oh, really? as you're doing it you're you're reading about it you're you know you you do your and i know i'm going to say it's wrong bjork um you're looking at it you read yeah. about it and then you do it and you have the symbol so you've just put so much energy into that symbol well, and anything, it's really important that you make like for example i mean not to get off topic but this is like a rattle that i made in a in a shaman making you know i drew this i drew this because barn owl is my totem and you know i put like that like i'm an aquarius so i put the aquarius symbol and then i have hidden in here like at the time i didn't have fiona so i have like h for Haley, my daughter hidden in all these different things and it's the energy i mean i even have some of her baby teeth in here <laughs> So now that I mean, that's to, not a witch for you. I don't know what I know. <laughs> I don't have a lock of hair in it. Um, 
That's my other box. That's your other box. But these are fun things to do. And this is a way, and you know, this is a way to teach your children something. Um, mm -hmm. This is important. You're teaching, even if you don't know it, that book will walk you through it. And it's what better way to learn than with your kids? Yeah, you learn so, together, you have fun. Right. And like, I'm not as familiar. I actually don't even have my own rune set yet. But I am, and I think I talked about it on a previous show, I'm really wanting to get more in touch with my Norse ancestry, my Norse Germanic, because we are very, very, very German. Um, and so I want to start learning that. And because I do love the Elder Futhark alphabet so much, because I have that connection and how I sort of, you know, taught myself just sitting at the mall reading books. <laughs> but um so rune magic is something I'm really excited. I don't have a ton of experience. So, oh, and also what other stones did you have? Okay, this is, I was out um, in a little tiny, tiny store um, outside of Annapolis, Maryland, little tiny place. And I found crone stones and they're interesting. They are white rocks. They're white stones, but they have these symbols on them, very much similar to runes. And they have the book, so you have to look up the symbols. There are like over 50 of them. You can do it just like you can do a regular spread. But each one of the symbols has a meaning, and it, they're kind of set in, in groups. You have activists, activists, you have conformity, you have journeys communication this one and this is the easiest way to do it this is oh my goodness of all stones stubborn rudder okay <laughs> so that really speaks to me really 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 age 30 yes um it speaks to me more than i want to realize because i really am um i used to say i'm not stubborn i'm just very um persistent i'm stubborn Okay, um, that's okay. My mom's birthday was two days ago. Happy birthday, mom. Well, <laughs> two days ago right now, but she, and she's a tourist, so. It's like, it says this, the stubborn rudder is a person who is unwilling to change or move in a new direction. The stubborn rudder is stuck in the old routine. All change can be difficult, but it goes easier if it's self-initiated. Perhaps you should do some volunteer work or something that pushes you to reach outside yourself. At any rate, take some baby steps to give birth to yourself again. The stubborn rudder might be bound by her fears or anger so that she is frozen in panic, unable to move. The stubborn rudder, the stubborn rudder does not want to change, but is frustrated with the way things are. The discussion question is, what does freedom feel like? Oh, I like the discussion question. Yes. Each and it one sounds has. just like tarot. It slaps you in the face. You know. You know, most people just, get these images or get these little things that they don't understand and it needs translation. Goddess hits me with a two by four and gives me <laughs> this in your face. Okay, Pam? Right. All right. So I, I, I any more it. obvious than that. No, I mean, you know, take the two by four. It's a little bit easier to my head, but, um, this they're called crone stones, the speaker communication. That was the other one I pulled. I pulled three of them. So okay. this is, um, communication. And like I said, I've only played with these a little bit. Um, I just happened to see them and it was like, wow, that, that looks really different. Um, this is called the bird is the speaker. 
She reveals her intentions with a light melody, a pleasant tone. Maybe she's representing a group and taking on the role of a leader, or perhaps she is speaking her mind, singing her own song. She is the Eastern Indian goddess, Sarah Vasti, and her name means flowing one. Her persona may have been a contributing element in the character of the biblical Sarah. Uh, Sarah Vasti has a maiden aspect, Bach, V-A-C-H, which means feminine voice. Mm. Um, she is the goddess of eloquence, pouring forth words like a flowing river. According to Indian lore, she invented all the arts and sciences. She invented writing so that the song she inspired would be recorded. She is said to be the mother of the sacred test, the Vedas. Um, mm -hmm. When you pull this stone in a reading, ask yourself, is your voice being heard? How will you share your voice with the world? Through art, writing, song, Bach is asking you to speak to her on her behalf. Express yourself in some way to the world. Let your voice pour forth like a flowing river, timeless and challenging. And the discussion question was, what is your artistic voice and how have you used it? Oh, well, that's I interesting for the show. I know. That's what I was thinking about. So we have the stubborn one and we have the voice. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And they're, um, they're thoughtful. It, I've never seen them anywhere else, to be honest with you. I have looked other places. Um, it was just... Uh, happenstance we walked into a little store and it was a little uh, new age store is, is basically what it was said and of course right. I'm walking through you know and I'm being nosy touching everything like I always do and sure enough I came across these and I thought I saw the name I thought oh my gosh isn't that cute yeah. um, and I picked them up so the last one I have it's called <laughs> the third duality set is teaching stone makes perfect sense again the faces are both left blank and i'm going to try and show the best i can at my little camera they're left yeah. blank um so that it shows ego is removed nice to open oneself to the teaching experience teacher must be learner and learner must be teacher a sort of shape shifting must occur um, the Egyptian Isis, known as the oldest of the old, lady of the word of power and the one countless names, is one of the most multifaceted goddesses surviving in contemporary worship. So it goes on to say that Isis is the great teacher and learner for women. The discussion, it says, when you pull the teaching stone, there's an indication that your ability to be multidimensional is needed. Expand your role and allow others to absorb your old roles. And the question, how are you teaching others? Is the role limited? Are you able to let others possess and process knowledge which you have given to them so they may follow new direction? Makes now, sense. the three stones that we pulled is teaching, voice, and stubborn. Mm -hmm. um, and if you think about it, that's basically our show. Yeah. We voice constantly. We're stubborn because we make sure we do it every week. Yeah. And it's a teaching. Absolutely. So I, that was the three stones. I was time reading. I mean, we can't do any better than that. There are like 50 stones in here. They came in a nice little bag. 
And I know we're going to get tons of questions on this one. So I'm going to try it. They're made by Carol Lee Campbell. And this was copywritten in 2005. And I think I got them like in 2006. So they were right on the market. Um, and in the back, it's got, you know, all kinds of little things on it. And of course, um, Crone Chronicles, um, you know, <laughs> fascinating and all that. Sage Woman Magazine did a little blurb for him. So um, it, they're very simple. Yeah. And this is, this is what I was going to say. This is a teaching device. You can make your own stones mean what you want yes. them to mean. Exactly. So get your teacher on. Get your voice on. Get that little bit of stubbornness in you to get it done. And yes. maybe you'll have this. Now, I pulled those stones totally without even looking at them because I have not touched these stones in about a year. But just like we were talking last week with tarot, that's how readings work. It's just whatever we need to know right now, the universe, God, God, a spirit, whatever your thing is, you know. Now, these feel know. like a stone, but I'll bet you if you got the clay and you laid the clay out, you could do the same thing with it. Oh, now, yeah. About this with the kids, this would be something awesome to do with the kids. You can get, yeah, you can go to Joanne's or Michael's. You can get the the. What is it polymer. like polymer clay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can make little discs out of it. You can get like a little toothpick and you can etch the runes. In. I mean, there's so many different things you could do. And what better way to give your knowledge of what you've done to your children and let them understand because there's a lot of things nowadays. Um, everything is YouTube or um, you can buy Everybody's everything. Good. You can buy it. You can buy it. You can buy it. Um, our path actually tells you to make things, you know, um, it tells you to sit you have down. a whole order for, of artificers for crafting and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you make the things because you put your energy in it. Um, right. and all of the stuff that's not perfect in it is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, because we're not perfect. So to me, something like that, this is really interesting. The, the figures you can saw were not, you know, elaborately drawn. They were very, very simple figures. You can do anything like that. Take symbols. You can take the symbols from Wicca and turning it in. If you pick that symbol, what does that symbol mean? And how is it in your life? Just like we just pulled those. We have the teacher. This show does a lot of teaching. I know I hear it from a lot of people that say, wow, I didn't know that. And I heard it on your show. Exactly. And we do do our research, and that's one of our big stubborn parts. We're not going to give on that part because if we're going to give you information, we don't know everything. Yeah. Now, and if we're going to give the information, we're going to make sure we're giving as correct as we can, you yeah. know, what we have. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at, and we're giving our voice. I mean, if you don't teach your children, somebody else will. So let's get our children together and let's start teaching these things to them. Because and also it's interesting that that one rune was about ego because we have said before on the show, and we are firm believers, no matter what titles, degrees, or whatever we have in the tradition or anywhere else in the community, we are always learning. And to think that we know everything, obviously, you know, you need to right. do some, do some checking work. Yeah, well, you need to go back and go. listen to our shadow work episode if that's the case. We're going to have a shadow work episode. 
Um, but it, it was just interesting. We'll have more than one. We've, oh, we've, yes. We've done one. So we'll check one. that out. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of a way to teach. And I, the runes, I thought, are tarot is a little bit older, usually for children, you know, mid-teens or, you know, a little adolescence because the younger kids can't do it. But those younger kids can do the runes because yes. they can draw on themselves. You can do it on polymer. You can do it on, you know, if someone will cut up a limb for you, you can use crap. I have a necklace with a rune on it. Yeah, you can do anything. And the thing is, is I don't think we touched on it too much. So we talked about the Elder Futhark alphabet, but if you go in and look at these books, each one, although it's a letter in the alphabet, each one has a different description. So you're talking about tarot, like one card will mean a certain thing. So, you know, when you, after you learn it, obviously, and get used to it, you know, after a while that when you pull this, that it means something specific in your, you know, like, okay, this is a uh, red hoe is a symbol of travel, usually for pleasure. So if you pull this, you're going on a vacation, basically. There you go. Even if it's a staycation, you're going, you're right. going to do something. But this is a great way for you to expand your knowledge, yes. pick up the runes. You can, like I said, if you don't want to buy a set, don't make a set. It doesn't yeah. cost you, but the nail polish, and if you already have it, like most of us do, you've got it. All you got to do is go out and get your rocks off the ground. So yeah. it's an easy way to learn another form of divination. And again, we're, we're watching our pocketbooks because you do not have to be rich to be a witch. No. Even though oh. they'll tell you that. They will sell you anything. You rhymed. I like that. Oh, rich to be a witch. Don't you love that? See, that's where you learn how to do your jingle. Spell. There you Game go. So, you know, you can make a lot of things. Our, our Corellians were made for us by Reverend Corey, who put all of her love and her gift into it. So she put her energy in it for right. me. She made it for me. So while she's making it, she's thinking of me as she's drawing it and coloring it in. So it meant so much more to me than if you would have bought me something and mailed it to me. Right, but it, right. it means that much. So when you're working with your kids, and again, we're moms, grandmoms and great grandmoms. So let's kind of start thinking about, you know, our path is so wonderful and it's so powerful, but how often have you shared it with your children? Right. Exactly. And with the little guys, there's a lot that they do not understand. And there's a lot of easy ways to ease them into it. And if you have ever been to Sunday school and you know how they do coloring and you mm -hmm. talk about why you're coloring, well, that is no different than making the runes and talking about them as you're doing it. When you're doing a craft, you're, you're feeling, you're seeing, you're hearing. Those are the yep. three abilities that you need to learn. And, and also, yes. And also just a quick plug. So if you go, one of my favorites as a pagan parent is littlepaganacorns.com. They have crossword puzzles, word puzzles. They have lap books that you can make out of, with like a manila folder. They have the little fortune telling thing. They have a little tarot. Um, I think it's like 10 cards or something that you can print out as a coloring page you know, they have different things. They have a, um, a lesson. I mean, and it goes for older kids too, but just 
to your point, there are a lot of good resources out there that help you get involved in hands-on yeah. to help you teach your children. Another one is the Puka pages. They've been around forever. Oh my gosh. Haley was mentioned in the birthday section one year and she was like, because if you're in the Puka Pages group, every now and then she'll post, okay, birthdays are going to be going out for the next, and so for the next cycle. And I was able to get her, I think she was like eight or nine. Um, but yeah, to see that when the kids see their names printed in something, it's like a huge deal. Especially it, really <laughs> it means that much to you. So, yeah. you know, start looking at some of your resources. I mean, when my children were little, it was very, quite a number of years ago, it was difficult because there wasn't a lot out there for children. There wasn't a lot out there for adults, basically. You were on your own. And now it's becoming more, more normal. And it's, it's becoming like people are now understanding, yeah, we need the stuff for the little guys too, because if you don't start them now, someone else is going to start them. Right. So you have to decide. And I've always said forever that children need some sort of spiritual life, of some path in their life to get them started. It will give them that pause. It might give them that second thought before they do something totally mm -hmm. stupid, which we all do. It's how we learn. Right. But it will give them that little bit of strength, that little bit of hope, that little bit of solid foundation that they right. have that it's not shakable. Um, their world gets well, turned upside down every day. And also, I think just like us, it's also for like us as adults, it's also a sense of community. Like whenever, um, you know, like Haley's the, probably the only Wiccan in her school, you know, and she's had gotten bullied about, you know, wearing her pentacle stuff and it being a devil, you know, but she still wears it no matter what. But um, like, I have to share this really quick. So last night we went to a drum circle and I took the kids for the first time. And uh, well, for the first time at this place, they've been growing up in drum circles with uh, with CLT, but um, she uh, before we were leaving, she was like, oh, why is dad coming? And I was like, no, because he was hanging out doing stuff at the house. And um, and I was like, no. And she goes, oh, it's because he's not a witch like us. But that's OK. We still like him anyway. <laughs> I was just like. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> so and you know, children. But she knows that, but she makes that connection of drumming being a spiritual thing. And she's only four. So yeah, it's like. It's amazing how much they absorb. They're like oh, little yeah. sponges. So if you yeah. don't start feeding that sponge what you want it to know, it's going to suck up something else that you may not want them to know. Right. There was a story, there was a book out. No, it was a short story. It was in one, I think it was in Sage Woman magazine, where it was written from a, a pagan child's perspective of a Christian okay. child's home. Oh, interesting. Moved in and they, she went over to greet the neighbor and took the neighbor an offering. And the neighbor was Christian and they had a Christian child. And she was, as a pagan, describing some of the items in the house and some of them were right items and it was like oh that's scary oh that's that's frightening and it gave you pause to listen to what she was saying right and it's it's interesting if you see it like we've always seen it most of us were raised christian of some sort or jewish mm -hmm. or or one of the basic 
mainstream religions. And right. then we were introduced usually as older children or adults into paganism. So we've already had that background. So to mm -hmm. us, those symbols are, you're used to seeing a crucifix. Right. It's right. not scary to us because you, I was raised Catholic, so they were in my house. They were over my bed. Um, but when you unless hear you, unless you relate it to the exorcist or something, right. <laughs> but it might if, be if you're looking at it with a, a small child, a child was describing right. their horrible picture of this poor person. They had blood on them and it was really scary, mommy. And it's like, whoa. Now, yeah. because I grew up in the atmosphere I did, it was an acceptable symbol. Right. It was right. a beloved symbol where I'm, I'm looking and the child's going, well, how come it's not like our goddess who, you know, is beautiful. I'm looking, my goddess is sitting over there, you know, or um, our symbols are earth and fire and water and air. And they're very, you know, natural symbols, you know, this symbol was very confusing to the child and the child didn't understand. So the yeah. pagan child was asking the pagan parent and explaining to the pagan parent that it, it frightened her. And mm -hmm. the mother was being very reassuring. The pagan mother was explaining that, that that's part of their faith. You right. honor it. Um, and explained a little bit about it. And I thought, wow, the reverse has been true so many times where we've explained our pagan symbols to our children when they mm -hmm. thought they were a little weird or off weird. or something like that. So I, I really impress upon people, if you want your family to be pagan, then you have to be pagan. You have to make a decision. Just like when you have your child, um, you decide their name. You decide their religion because you're either going to do a baptism, a wickening, or whatever. Um, right. you got to start making those decisions. And it's very easy for us as adults to say, yeah, I'm pagan. But... Now you've got children, and how are you going to adjust your lifestyle and your religion with your children? Right. Now, pagan yeah, and that's a path, and, that's right? And that's yeah, and like for us, we let them choose whatever they want, and Haley and Fiona just naturally gravitated toward you know Wiccan by seeing me and what I do, and Erica, not so much. I mean, she looked into Buddhism for a little while and she's pretty much agnostic. I mean, she could care less, you know, one way or the other. She just doesn't. Right. Which but cool. as smaller children, you, yeah. you want to give them a background and a basis. Oh, sure. And that can be really tough sometimes because if, if they're going to be different and I really sympathize with a lot of the Jewish families who put their children into public schools because their holidays are different. Yeah. Um, they get different times off from school. Anybody that has a different path. Um, and now that the schools are more integrated, it's a little bit more understandable because you do talk mm -hmm. about different things. But right. as much as the schools integrate, none of them cover paganism. Nope. My son, bless his little heart, as we say in the South, um, was going to an Episcopalian school, which was a very good school. Um, and he was getting a very good education. Uh, he was pagan at home. And um, when the school would have their little, you know, religious stuff like that, he, um, they always gave them the option. If that's not your faith, then you can go over here. So he would take his pagan books, you know, and do his thing. Right. And um, 
they were going through the different religions. They, they were studying, I think it's like in eighth grade, so they were studying different comparative religions. And um, my son was very disappointed. And at the end of the class, he walked up to the instructor and, and said to his teacher very clearly, because I got the phone call, um, I noticed you covered everything but paganism. Nice. And the teacher was like, well, that's real. And he goes, it's a real religion. Oh, it, yeah. And she's saying, well, you know, it's, he goes, because I practice it. Right. Right. And the teacher was like, Oh crap. Right. Um, and, and there's of course several variations of paganism, but you know, like in the United States, Wicca is recognized now as a religion, but yeah, I mean, there's not even for work, you know, I have to take a vacation or a sick day if it's available, you know, to get my holidays, my Sabbaths off. So, um, actually, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Law. That's coming yeah. up. But it was interesting in eighth grade that he had the fortitude to walk up to the instructor and yeah. say, how come you're not covering my religion? So I get a phone call. Um, the instructor was a little hesitant to call me. I, I guess they thought I was going to look like this, you know, green. Right. Um, so I got the phone call and um, I said, well, do you want to meet in person? And they said, well, we'd rather do a parent-teacher conference because I I'm, was taken aback by what your son said. And I'm like, okay, fine, no problem. So I went to meet the instructor. And the instructor was, at first, very cautious because they are in Episcopalian environment. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm bringing in a whole new element. But I, like I explained to her, I said, you do have Jewish children in your school, don't you? She's right. like, oh, of course we do. And you have Indian from India, children in your school, do you not? She's like, yes, we do. I said, so what's the problem with a pagan child? Yeah. And she looked at me and I said, the problem is, is that you have the problem. Obviously, right. my son noticed it was missing. He felt left out. Because yeah. you didn't include him in, in the discussion. Now, I don't know how the discussion went because I know what my son came home and told me was one way, but I know it right. went another way because just how children tell you things, they right. put their spin on it. So mm -hmm. I said, you know, you didn't include him. He felt excluded and he didn't like that. And I think that maybe, I, do you, you know, I can give you some pointers and, you know, I can start you on a give you a booklet or something to read so that you can understand it better so that you're better able to handle right. this with the next child. I said, it's becoming a very large religion now. And I mean, it, it's something that you need to look at. And when I say religion, I say religion because that's how people understand it better. If right, I say right. spiritual path, a lot of people that are not on a spiritual path that are religious don't understand what we're talking right. about. We, we don't have a lot of the dogma and all that stuff with it. But it was interesting that the instructor was had no background in that. And I'm like, but you handled the Indian child. You handled the Jewish child. They even did an agnostic. And I said, and mm. my son can name off about 50 gods and goddesses. So trust and believe mm -hmm. that we believe in God because that was her first question. Yeah. And I was well, like, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really interesting, but it was such a fun show tonight. And I'm so excited about Pam's tea leaf reading for the first time on air. 
Um, and I, once again, our keyword is tea leaves and tea time MC with, I'm sorry, tea time MC at gmail.com. And you also need to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tea Time with Mother and Crone. And click the little bell button so you get notified when we go live. And next week, we will be covering a more divination, if you can believe that or not. And next week, um, it's going to be a very interesting show because we're going to cover a few things that you might not have heard about before. So this is a teaching moment. Um, yes. And from my understanding, our show is going into little minute TikToks. It may eventually. We're going to get more information about that. You yeah. may be seeing us on TikTok in the future, people. So little. But we are on, is it now, is it called Apple Tunes, iTunes? What's it called? I'm, I'm an Android user, okay? I, know, I, know. I won't hold it against you. Um, the, so we're on the Witch School channel. Our episodes can be found on Witch School on iTunes. I believe there's a few other platforms, but under the Witch School channel, you'll find our episodes for Tea Time along with many other um, shows in the Carilion tradition. And um, I mean, it's just, it's. We have it's a lot of wonderful shows and a lot of the shows are educational. They cover a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah. I would recommend if you do have children and you are stuck and are not sure where you're going and how you need, if you need a little help, mm -hmm. ping us, um, email us, go on our Facebook, ask questions. Post on the page. Yeah. Anything. Um, we, I've raised my children already. I have four generations now that are witches under me. Yeah. So my daughter raised her two daughters and they're now raising my great grandson and we're all they're all pagan. So um, there, it is out there. You can do it. My daughter had a much easier time with her girls because, again, you know, she's younger than me. And now I have an eight-year-old grand, great-grandson that, you know, it's easy now comparatively yeah. than it was. You know, my daughter just turned the big 5-0. So, mm -hmm. you know, when she was growing up, it was very difficult. There was very little out there. Um, we basically, it was, you know, pulling it out your rear end basically, cause there was no other way to do it. So now that we've got so many helps out there, I really encourage you, but if you are having issues or you're not sure which way to turn, or you have questions, you can send them in to us. We'll help you the best way we know how there's yeah. a lot of videos that we have in the Carlian tradition on magic TV that goes over a, a gazillion different it's topics. I know. Reverend Tim alone has. Yeah, what? a lot. And Lord Don's vlogs. I mean, ugh, so much information. It's really great stuff. So it's, and a lot of it you can break down for your kids. So, I mean, it's a lot of learning. And if nothing else, the rituals are being done on virtual circle. You can mm -hmm. go to um, the Magic TV and pull down whatever ritual you need. If you go yep. on the Facebook page for virtual circle, um, all the rituals are in there. So we're trying to get out as much as we can for you guys. So, but if you do have questions or you're not sure how to handle something, or you just want to see a little bit more fun on the show, send mm -hmm. us a line. I mean, I really want to thank about the Jasmine tea. That was interesting that they asked mm -hmm. us to do Jasmine. And where did that come from again? That was from 
Nickery in Canada. In Canada. So Canada's actually why that's interesting to me to see who watches our show and how far out it gets. So thank you from Canada um, for the suggestion of the tea. And if anybody else has a suggestion, or if you know of a certain tea, um, kind of tea, or, or you put something in it, you know, like, um, or something native to your area that may not be as common or something, you know, or any tea traditions from your culture. That would be I mean, cool. we're willing to listen and put them on the show. We'll give you credit for it. You get to hear your name on, on the show, which is everybody gets excited about that. Right. So check into us, check on our different sites, look at the information that's handed out. And again, if you have questions, please feel free to ask them. We will try to answer them the best we can. Um, if we don't know, we we'll will find be checking it out. Yeah, we will find out for you. <laughs> trust me, half of this stuff we don't know anyway. <laughs> we're finding it out as we come on the show. Or we're learning. I mean, like we said earlier, we're always learning. There's we're always that learning. That's right. was a new experience for this old crone. So, you know, never be ashamed to say, I don't know. But always say, I don't know, but I will find out. Exactly. So great show tonight. We look forward to next week where we're going to talk about, ooh, some witchy um, divination coming up. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be doing some problems. interviews and there's a couple different, we're going to be able to tell you next week, some of the different shows that we've been asked to attend yeah. so that you're going to see us in a little bit different light instead of us being quite us giving you all the answers. We're going to be questioned. So this is yeah. an interesting time. So we're going to give you all the ins and outs on that one. It's also going to, everything that we do is on our Facebook page. So give us a yes. holler out there. Yeah, and we're also on the Witch School page, and again, YouTube. Go like and subscribe. Thank you all for your support, and we will see you next week. See you guys next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.